Okay, welcome to the Thoughts on Podcast. This one is on the Eddie Stern podcast we put out uh, earlier on this week. Um, we should say that James and I haven't been able to connect this week in person, so we're recording this on Zoom. So if you're listening to this podcast, then the audio must be okay. Otherwise, I wouldn't be putting it out. But um, if it's a little bit tinny or something, then you're That's in the way. <laughs> um, so yeah, Eddie podcast. We recorded this a couple of months ago. Uh, we had a pretty rad day with Eddie. We were in uh, Den Haag, and uh, great little city, and probably yeah. much little. It was great. Yeah. My first time there. Yeah, and the Delight Yoga Studio, which was probably the most amazing yoga studio, come dream apartment you could ever want to live in. Yeah, it was so, and it was so good that a couple of people that were at that studio set up a cafe based on the yoga studio just around the corner. So. You went from yoga studio to yoga cafe. Yeah. So yeah, it was great. Um, practicing with Eddie was cool. Um, yeah. Quite different to the other. Well, now because we practice with Santina as well, and then our usual teachers. He had quite a different style. Um, yeah. And I would think it's amazing how in those classes there are so many people, and he he's just working his way around each person giving each person attention yeah it's quite cool kind of cool to watch even though it should be practicing but it's quite cool <laughs> it's kind of like um it makes me think of like a, it makes me think of dave Grohl from foo fighters <laughs> that when you go and watch foo fighters and he's doing his talk in between uh, in between songs it feels like he's talking to you like he just knows how to he knows how to be a musician and yeah. you know, deliver that without without uh, anything going wrong or, or just deliver it to a certain level of excellence. But then he also knows how to work the crowd <laughs> and work the people with that. And it's kind of a similar thing that, I don't know, like, you know, it's a MISO practice from what, 6, 6 a.m. till 9 a.m. And there must yeah. have been, there must have been, I don't know, I'd say close to what? There must have been 200 people went through there. Yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. That morning, 200 people that morning. Sittings. Which is which is amazing, yeah, yeah. And I think from the teachers that we've seen, they all do have, they all do know how to kind of work the crowd. Like like Dave Grohl, like Eddie did in his way. Yeah. When we practice with Santino, it's a different thing, but you get like full, full attention. Yeah. Tim Feldman the other day. Yeah. Good teachers. Yeah, and that was the bit that interested me in what he was saying, which is something we'd heard prior. I think in another conversation he'd had about sort of the volume of yoga teachers just coming coming into the world, and how it takes more than two hundred hours. Yeah, he was saying that um, he was relating to his own experiences, saying, "Yeah, of course I understand why." People want to teach after 200 hours because that's what he did. Yeah. And then, and then I guess you know he had a he had some reflection and, and realised that he needed to become a student again and went back and became a student. And you know, this is kind of a hearsay comment, but it's like quite often, or I have heard many times of teachers forgetting to be able to, or not forgetting, but not being able to have time to do their own practice. 
you know, their practice becomes just their teaching, really. Mm. Um, so I guess it's the importance, you know, it highlights the importance of always staying in practice um, in what you're doing. Yeah. And, and always sort of further development of what, of your own, just to further your own development, really. Mm. I wonder that that's, I mean, linked more so now with social media like that's how you find that's how well that's how we find out because we we use it yeah i think it's social media yeah yeah and i think it you know i guess the thing with social media is it just allows you to create a fake persona whether it's intentional or unintentional people can jump onto what you're saying and make assumptions about about your practice or about what you are you know whereas i guess Previously, when you had to go and meet a teacher, you would get a feel for them mm. in whatever it was immediately in terms of, let's say, whether they could control a crowd of 200 people over a three-hour period or, you know, the shakiness in their voice or the beads of sweat running down their forehead while they're trying to tell you to do something. You, you would get that sense. And I guess social media bypasses those things pretty immediately for you, whether you want it to bypass it or not. And, and obviously some people do you want to bypass the fact that they haven't yeah. spent their 10,000 hours or 10 years? And some people, you know, that happens to unintentional, I guess. Yeah. I think you get so excited about it. Maybe that's, that's what I took from Eddie. Like you do your 200 hours and you, you're learning so much stuff. It has such an effect on you. I guess it's like reading a book that completely blows you away and you're like, Oh my God, this is like, this is, I've read this book. This is it. At which point I proceed or I used to proceed to tell everyone about it. Yeah. And then uh, particularly, I remember being at home and my mum and dad were just like not bothered in the (laughs) life. Because you're just kind of repeating, or I was just repeating the book at them verbatim. That doesn't make you a philosopher. Doesn't make no, you a yoga. Yeah, and talking of reading books, <laughs> I'm kind of reading a good book at the moment, and it talks of uh, three stages of preparation, journey, and integration. And the rest of the book aside, it's just, that kind of rings really true for me in terms of you do <laughs> preparation so you know what it is you're trying to do in your journey. And then when you've had your journey and you get to the integration stage because you've set out clear intentions. And because you've then been through the journey, it's, it becomes much easier to integrate, much easier to create rituals and practices uh, mm. to continue to that to go forward. And I, I guess one of those rituals is is um, reflection, like constant reflection, whether that's journaling or uh, whether it's time out, etc. And I think I think for me, at least, like if I go through that process after something where I'm constantly reflecting on it, then it's then it stays in mind as to what the initial intention was. Mm. So then you don't get overwhelmed by those emotional, all those emotions of joy or happiness, or I want to go and spread the gospel. Like yeah. you can, you can re- you found a tool that helps you stay within what it is. And conversely, yeah. you, know, you don't get overwhelmed by something that's gone on in it that perhaps wasn't what you were expecting because you can link it back to the intention, you know? Mm. I think the reflection part of anything that 
certainly anything that I'm doing at the moment is hugely important. And and I keep coming back to it. Maybe maybe that's the that's actually the difference between getting better, improving or plateauing. Yeah. Yeah, I would to me that makes me think of Van Gogh was known for having intentional practice with his paintings. So every day he would intentionally paint. So he was trying out new techniques, you know, to which I guess is constant reflection. Yeah, and not to yeah, use the word improve, but to to have an understanding of where you're practicing. Find your own style, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess it negates any kind of negative or positive thoughts you have about it because you're not doing it to be the best in the world or you're not getting down on being the worst in the world. You just kind of, mm-hmm. it keeps you very much in the moment of what, what it is that you're doing. I wonder if in that reflection process, it removes the concept of being, I'm the worst in the world at it. It's just like this is this is where I want to go. Yeah. And after this practice I've done this morning, this is where I am. It's kind compared of compared to where I'd like to go. So rather than being, oh my god, I'm not I'm not like that person. I'm not like this person. I'm never gonna get I'm never gonna be I'm never gonna be Chris Baker and I'm never gonna be uh Oh, I don't know who's who's the name that I'm never gonna be Carl. Pauli or four? Either one. I didn't want. I didn't want to say. <laughs> I didn't want to say. Um, pluses and minuses of both of those guys. Um, <laughs> you, you, in reflection, it's more about where, how the, how it was at the time. Yeah, and I think also, you, exactly, you weren't where you were. Yeah, it's a bit like before and after pictures, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, well, you see the, the, the shitty things on the tube. This was Dave 12 weeks ago. This is Dave today. And, and in anything, it's very hard to see where you're at in anything if you don't have something of your own to reflect against. Is that a good metaphor for reflection? <laughs> Those 12-week transformation <laughs> Well, I'm just because highlighting they that. Look like they're sucking in and they've got special lighting. Well, they do, yeah. Well, I'm just highlighting the fact that having a record <laughs> enables you to see a difference. Yeah. Not having a record. All good lighting. Yeah, and I'm sure there's an equivalent with journaling of, of some type. <laughs> a good pen and a nice piece of paper. We've been very lucky. I think I always say this, how lucky we've been to meet the people that we get to meet. And they all have had a i guess that's the nature of meeting someone 50 or older than us or they've been doing whatever they've been doing for 30 years yeah that they come with they come with um experience and perspective i do wonder this i wonder in the in the ashtanga world um because i was at a tim feldman workshop down in brighton just the weekend just gone and Eddie and I mean maybe Santina's the new guard but who we met we've met Petru we've met Tim we've met Eddie 
they're kind of the old guard. And if that will ever happen again, I mean, it can't do because they all practiced with the founder of Ashtanga. So you're yeah. meeting a different type of person. And also from the- Do you understand? Yes, make... what I was gonna say was the new world, you know, to compare, like say yeah. wine where you've got, you know, American Australia versus say France, you know, in the old world of yoga, there, were, there wasn't that many people teaching yoga. You know, whereas, no. you know, like, did Eddie say there were six yoga schools in, in New York? I mean, I bet you on some streets in New York, there's, there's, six, there's six yoga shalas. Probably six in one building in New York, aren't there? Yeah, and so, so consequently now there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people teaching, whereas there would have even been hundreds of thousands of students then. Yeah, yeah. You know, quite a unique set of people with, in that respect. What I think is that's a lot of yoga tights with all those yoga teachers. It's like they're being, they're being made for, for consuming. I, I remember speaking to another of Eddie's era and he was saying you can always tell when the new, uh, when the new collections come out in class. <laughs> Because everyone's got a different outfit. And then <laughs> that person's just in the same shorts they've been practicing in for however many years. <laughs> and I think that's... Um... Yeah. I think it's important to find the right teacher and how you do that. And we've been very lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess in, in, ser in searching them out and maybe what I would say when because it is so personal and I'm in Brighton and we're very fortunate in that there are many yoga teachers down here. It's almost to, I was going to say shop around, but I don't mean that in such a transactional way. Go and, yeah, but, you know, go I, and experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it kind of sounds like a really common sense thing to say. You kind of go find someone that you gel with yeah yeah but that's that's harder when it's viewed as a fitness thing and the more i practice the more i realize it's not there are fitness benefits but it's not a fitness program per yeah. se yeah it feels like literally everything is just a tool <laughs> a tool it, for, for a deeper practice that you don't really see on the surface it's like, like in photography, there's, you know, photography is all about light. And there's a certain point in photography where all of a sudden your understanding and comprehension of light just changes instantaneously. And you can read it. You can see it. You instantaneously know when it changes. You know the power of it, the settings that you need to put your camera on. It's, it's bizarre. And you, so you just, something just changes. And I, I think I've heard it's the same with languages too. It's just a deeper understanding within your brain or it just... It changes you. You start thinking that way. Yeah. Yeah, and that takes time, doesn't it? And I think when you make that connection with with the person, it's as much about the person. Although I've gone through experiences where I can't stand the person, then I realised actually it was me. <laughs> I'm finding a teacher 
really good teacher. Then I was like, oh my God, I can't stand this person. And then I was like, oh shit, I actually just can't stand myself right at this moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> so right. maybe that was, maybe that, that was a good teacher. Yeah, it's just all part of the process, isn't it? <laughs> and to reference Santina, that's when you know you've got a good teacher because they don't take it personally because they realise it's not about them. They're just holding the space. Well, holding the term that I'm now increasingly not enjoying, but they're holding the space for you to be a dickhead. Because <laughs> <laughs> they know it's not about them. <laughs> anyway, I think we can probably conclude this week's thoughts on so uh, thanks for joining us and uh, we'll catch you next week. Mm-hmm.